what's going on, guys? If you love true crime, explicit language, and doing hood rat shit with your friends, then you just might like my true crime podcast, Bitch, I Can't. And yes, that's the name, because bitch... I can't. Now, on this show, I do true crime my way in my Usher Raymond voice, which my way is just telling fucked up stories in a fun way. Like, we just old friends kicking it, talking about shitty hitmen, dead people, severed penises. And yes, bitch, we do talk about chopped off dicks on multiple occasions. It is that kind of party. So be sure to subscribe to Bitch I Can't Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, YouTube, Audible, Amazon Music, wherever you find your podcasts, I should be there. So uh, you can also follow our Instagram account at Bitch I Can't Pod and our TikTok as well because I be tick talking, y'all. So just get into it. And in the meantime, let's get in this hot ass garbage can because I know our friends got some tea for us today. Top of the day, Trash Pandas. Welcome back to another episode of Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha. This is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Who the badass? Oh my gosh. So I have so much to go over today, but we'll do the reviews first because I just have so many announcements. Okay. So this intro is going to be a little bit longer just so everybody, you know, knows that I'm going to be jabbling, like just jabbering on for a minute. Yeah. You don't let me know about any of what's going on. You just give me highlights and I just (laughs) roll along for the ride like everybody else. (laughs) Uh, so, okay, so we're going straight to reviews. We need to have some type of script. Like, we need to let each other know, like, what we're going to be doing. Because he just... You, I thought you I just, told you we were doing reviews. You, said, you say we're going to do reviews every show, but you don't tell me when we're going to do oh, them. You just kind of, okay. like, tell the audience, and I kind of catch on. Okay, so we're going like, to do... okay, uh, I need to do them at this moment, because she's telling everybody this is what's happening. Okay, I thought, so reviews will always come right after the intro. Is that so? Yeah, because huh. we want to feel good about our trash pandas <laughs> and what they're saying, so that builds I, up. We should have a warmer intro. Like, you know, we come in, like, say something about our day or about the week or something like that, and then go to the review. Well, we were going to do that, but I have so many announcements. Like, do you want me to do my announcements first and then the reviews? Because no, no. I just what, got. Let, let's keep. There must be a lot of announcements. It's a lot of freaking announcements. Okay. Well, it's a let's sighting anonymous. It's a sighting announcement. Okay. You seem excited. You yeah. Seem, you seem really do you see the smile on my face? Yes. You seem like you're having a day of the life over there. Yes. Okay, so the first review is from Total Conundrum Podcast. So another podcast. Yeah, shout out to Total Conundrum. Actually, that's I want to give a shout out to them. That's a husband and wife podcast, true crime um, podcast. They're amazing. Okay. Yeah, they're really good. They give really good information. And I love the fact that they're husband and wife. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you now, I do not believe in opposites of tracks. Get somebody to do the things you like. Yeah, right? So you be with somebody and you there. When you look over and have some of the best moments of your life, that's the spouse that's there with you. Mm-hmm. Don't get somebody that you quote unquote your opposite and hates the stuff you do while you're there by yourself watching your favorite movie. Yeah. All your good times is going to be not with them. So think about it. Make sure you keep that in mind that you want to have somebody you're compatible with. Yes, and check out Total Conundrum Podcast, and that's on Spotify and everywhere else that you find podcasts. Yeah, all, all that good stuff. 
So they say, OMG, I can't get enough of you two. I love your banter, and I just can't get enough. Oh, this is great. And that was, a, what was the stars? Of course, five stars. Oh, yay. Well, I, I think I only read the five stars. I haven't seen anything less as of yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the great. next one is from Simply Danae, and she says, love it. Yay. Five stars. This was my first time listening to this podcast today, and I absolutely loved it. This is this podcast is giving me catching up with my peoples on the weekend at brunch about what's been going on. It's almost like I was in the room with them having a conversation about what happened. Kudos to y'all. I really enjoyed it. Y'all have a new follower. I've been trying to find a new podcast that keeps me busy throughout the day. Looking forward to listening to all of them and the newest episodes. Yeah! And that's a five star too, huh? That's a five star. Thank you so much, Simply Danae. I really Simply appreciate Danae. you. And welcome to the Hot Garbage family. Welcome, welcome, girl. And welcome to being a trash panda. Yes, isn't this great? Uh-huh. <laughs> now on to my announcements. So do you remember when I got flown out to LA to do my documentary? Yes, I remember you acting like it was like a super secret meeting type of thing. Yes, well, it finally is happening. So November 22nd, I'm going to be on a documentary on Tubi and it's called it's it's called um Fresh Meat 2: The Killing of D- Jeffrey Dahmer. And this is exciting because I've been really looking forward to it. And oh, especially some Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to be all throughout the documentary talking about Jeffrey Dahmer and the killing of Jeffrey Dahmer. They've done So this is the part two of it. They've actually done the first part of the documentary. I'm not a part of that. But if you guys want to check the first part out, that's on Tubi. That covers Jeffrey Dahmer's like earlier years. But the one I'm in, it covers like his jail time up until his murders. Okay. So I get to really go and in and talk to, like, about narrate? it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I get to be the and but this this one's gonna be completely like amazing because they talk to like some of his neighbors, his pastors. So there's gonna be so many people on there talking about it. Mm-hmm. So if you guys love the Jeffrey Dahmer case like I do, then please check it out. Not just because I'm on there, but I mean because yeah, you're on there. Because I'm on there, just check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you hear how excited I am? So mark your calendars for November twenty second. That's good. Maybe we should have a watch party. I'll come over here and bring everybody over here. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, well... I don't know if your family's going to be that willing to do it, but hey, (laughs) I am always supportive. Yes. So, you know, I'll be there. Yeah. And the other thing that happened, remember I was telling you, Buddha, when you was talking to me, I was going out to the Bay Area, right? Mm. And so I have some exciting things that happened. So, Uh yeah, it was Sunshine's birthday. I don't know. You remember Sunshine. She came on our episode. And again, I don't remember the name of the episode, but she came on our show. Yes. Yeah. I remember going over to the house and everything. Yeah. Fun time. Fun, fun people. Yeah. Well, she had this huge masquerade event yesterday. And when I say huge, it was like super huge because it was her birthday, right? And I actually, you know, sold a lot of books and I got to walk the runway for a lot of different fashion designers so i do that wanna, same night the same night oh my gosh i was so exhausted so it, it was like like some stripper club stuff yeah <laughs> like, so, you're calling it a fashion runway and i think it was a stripper pole <laughs> well 
Well, it was amazing because so I watched. How do they have outfits made already in your out in your size? Well, no, it was so I have been talking to the designers for like the past two or three weeks, and they was just getting my stuff together, telling me what I was gonna wear, getting my sizes. One of them I had actually worked with before. Her name is Swag Creator. Uh So you guys have to check her stuff out because she makes all of her stuff, and it's like that you know street urban wear with like glitter and diamonds all over it. So I look so hot. So you made so it was planned out, but you made it sound like it was spontaneous well, like you went down there you saw some books someone was like girl you is so fine no. get on this stage right now and no. then everybody just started putting clothes on your ass oh, and started just walking you up and down because you were just so freaking fly well that's and you not. did not expect like i didn't even expect it but i do look this good <laughs> and this was going <laughs> like you a female Tyson Bedford over here oh my gosh well that is kind of like that's not what happened exactly but because I was so fly that's why I was offered that's not what happened at all you planned it and went down there and was with this event well yeah so anyways check out Swag Creator and also I also want you guys to check out Skirts That Flirt now this lady she actually makes all of her outfits out of jean material so i modeled her dress and i modeled her short outfit but the stuff that she does with jeans is amazing so yeah check her out i was on the runway and i also want to give a shout out to skims because i don't care what people say about kim kardashian that waist trainer had me snatched i mean i look so good walking down the runway and i was just so snatched up because i mean i believe it do though i mean yeah right i've seen a lot of women talk about it yeah and you're good Good reviews yeah. on news articles that I've read. It's never I've never I've really ever seen anything bad about Skims. Yeah, Skims is awesome. I look so good just walking down the runway. And then of course I was in my masquerade gown afterwards at my table selling books. So I just want to just give a shout out to everybody because you know everybody that came out like pr- pretty much all my books are sold out. And the women that came out they really really supported me and that means a lot you know because as you know like Buddha I don't know if you guys know but I'd be outside of Walmart you know selling my books outside and stuff like that so. You know, sometimes I did not know you was that real. Yeah, I go outside selling books. Like the CD movie man used to. I go outside, I sell my books every Saturday after we were done recording, and I take my daughter up there too. And if she helps me, she gets some of the profits. She does. But she <laughs> she gets some of the profits but you know I want to thank everybody that really supports me with my books because sometimes it's not easy but the people like people last night just helps me push through and want to make more you know what I mean so thank you to all the ladies thank you to Sunshine for having me at your event like because she's always so welcoming and I'm part of the family now wow. you know and I just want to really just thank everybody and my friend Shorty B the rapper performs last night okay. she looked amazing so check out her music uh, my stand-up comedian friend LaVon was there so check out her stuff and it was just an amazing event like and happy birthday sunshine it so, sounded like it was popping it was so popping like I just wish you could have been there you did not invite me so well, don't say you wish because you never can go like you're just always at home like, I mean I could be not be at home if someone asked me to be someplace <laughs> yes. that's what it is like we, at <laughs> home that means I'm not busy <laughs> It's okay, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I didn't get thing. home till Do 2 o'clock in the morning. World. Is your wife going to let you not come home till 2 o'clock in the morning? Hey, I goes out, okay? <laughs> I goes out once. I try to be, I'm like, I try to be respectful. That's why I do things with you like play bingo because you're a married man. So I mean, that's true. You're <laughs> a woman until two in the morning. That is suspicious. Yeah, very suspicious. See, I'm that respectful. Yeah, we're best friends and, and, and your wife is my friend too and we're just respectful, you know? Right? Um, you know? And I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to lie. I, I'd have to plan ahead to be out late at night. Yeah. Like, I don't like being out hella late anymore. It sounds crazy. 
but maybe like one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and I because and one, I want to be heading home. Yeah, like I don't want to still be there at one. Oh yeah, see you know that wouldn't have worked. Like you know, that I mean? wouldn't like, have worked. Nah. <laughs> like, like if I if I see two o'clock, if I see like two o'clock three thirty. I are two like two thirty. If I see that like on a on a thing, I'm like I'm. Mis- I feel like I got old some sleep. I feel like now y'all ripping me off. <laughs> now y'all playing the kids. Oh my god! Because I got life to live. I don't, the, the the horrible thing about being a parent and being a, a business owner and being a person who does these podcasts with you and all this yeah. stuff and, and you know and and, and a Californian because you just don't got that much time in a day. Yeah. Is. I don't care if it's Saturday. I still be up at seven in the morning. Yeah. Like if I sleep in, it's like at nine. If I sleep yeah. in, it's the nine. And I'm like, ooh, I got in some sleep that time. Oh, uh, you want to you know, know what time I got up? What this time? Morning, you get up? Six o'clock in the morning. See what I'm saying? I nope. got I got in at nope. two and I got three hours of sleep, but I'm used to doing that shit. So I popped right up. Like Yeah, because you used like... to be on them cocaine hours. Fuck all I'm that. like, I gotta I keep need, moving. Girl, I need this beauty rest and this sleep. I gotta get myself rejuvenated. You'll sleep when you're dead. Okay? Uh, girl, There's that ain't no sleep. sleep. That's just death. Uh, <laughs> that ain't sleep. <laughs> they look peaceful because he painted their face real good. <laughs> let me tell you, as most people die in pain like a motherfucker. Oh, fuck. Like, heart attacks don't feel good. I don't care how that motherfucker made you look at when in, in the casket. That shit hurt on your way out. You went out shit. hurting. Not, not breasting. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, death is death, and sleep is sleep. That's why they two different words. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one more thing. You don't get to dream big dreams. And you see Martin Luther King didn't say, "I have a death." He said, "I have a dream." <laughs> he had a dream. He slept. He came back, and he was able to tell you about it. Nobody tell you about what he had that had happened in death. That was no good ass time. Oh, you, ain't ha- you ain't had no fun ass stuff happen. You see Jesus, and that is it. Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing I want to say happy birthday to our other, our trash panda who supports us, who's our wonderful listener, Stacy. Of course, she's going to hear this so far ahead because, you know, we record these so far ahead, but it's been her birthday. And I just want to give a shout out because she's very supportive. She loves our podcast and she always has good, insightful things to say about any of the cases we do. So shout out to Stacy. Shout out to Stacy Stace. Yes, I'm so excited. Got to give Stacy a nickname. Yeah, like Stacy K. Oh, that's that's hot, huh? Oh, Stacy yeah. K. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a nicknamer. I, I I it just comes to me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, and I hope you had a wonderful birthday, Stacy. So now we've had all these wonderful things to tell. Now I have a not so wonderful tale for us. Uh oh. Yes, have to bring yeah. us back down. Had to bring us to reality. Back to life. My voice might be a little bit cracky, so I'm just going to try to get through it because I was screaming so loud for my friend Shorty B last night. I was like, Shorty! And it now I can't still talk. sounds like a stripper club area. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I'm kind of invited. Honestly, happy I probably didn't get invited because it would have been hard to explain. Coming back home smelling like marijuana, alcohol, and perfume. Yeah. And women's screams. Yeah. Because apparently you were just letting it all out. So I'd have smelt like woman's screams and bad and breath. <laughs> like, and at two, at, by, by the time I got home, been like three in the morning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd been like, how do you explain all that? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to. I'd had to hit her, you know, with some, with some, uh, Vivica A. Fox. I was working late. <laughs> That's what I had to just hit her ass with. <laughs> uh. 
Well, our case today, remember last week I said we're going to go over Delphine Lalari. Have you ever heard of her before? No. She was from the slavery days. Oh, this is about to be good. Yeah. I'm actually excited. Yeah, we're going if back. If a slave kills anybody, I'm already on board. This, I like, my hands are trembling. Yeah. I'm excited right well, now. Well, unfortunately, it wasn't a slave that kills people. It was the other way around. Madame Delphine Lalari is the one that is accused of doing all of these horrible things. Two and slaves? Was, yes, and she was not a good woman at all. Well, I don't know if I'm happy about hearing this. Yeah, one. this is one of I my. I thought you was gonna have like somebody that you know that had a big old pot belly with a Colonel Mustard's uh, mustache and shit getting burnt at a stake oh. while being hung at the same time. I'd have been like, this is some good stuff. <laughs> no, this one's really like gonna... tales from the hood. Your little nigglets. Oh. I thought it was gonna be nigglets just rising up and <laughs> taking people down. <laughs> No, this one's really going to just bring you all the way down because this is one of my New Orleans tales. And I had to tell this one because it's Halloween time and it's spooky time. And yeah, I'm going to tell it because every, because now this mansion has a big Halloween party every single year. So we'll go over what happened. They celebrate every year. Well, it's not celebration, but we'll like kind of go into like what happened and the theories and stuff like that. Oh, good girl. So this is, this actually takes place in the late 1700s and it's about a family called the McCarthy family and they were considered New Orleans royalty. So his family, this family had knights, merchants, mayors, like they was a whole dynasty. Mm -hmm. This is the family that Marie Delphine McCarthy was born into and she was born in New Orleans, Louisiana on March 19th, 1787. And she was one of five children. Her father, and I apologize, I'm going to butcher some names because this is all French names. So Creole. Yeah, but yeah, it's all Creole, French. So I'm going to be butchering names here. So her father was Chevalier Louis Bartholomew de Marcarty. Did I do good? No, but keep okay. on going. <laughs> <laughs> Louis. You got to... You gotta practice some French, girl. Yeah. Practice a little bit. Oh, but I did go when I said Louis, because I know they don't pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, that's the only one you, you kinda got. <laughs> so, his father, Bartholomew de McCarthy, brought the family to New Orleans. They're actually from Ireland in 1730. And this was during the French colonial period. So now they're all here in New Orleans from Ireland. <clears throat> and he was a land, he was a so land. They ain't French. Huh? They ain't French. They're, well, they was brought over from Ireland, but they're French. No, you, that don't make you French. That's what, that makes you a front. If you're from Ireland, you from Ireland. You don't, you Irish. You don't the, become French once you get in America. Okay, but the family, and this is how it's, it's. The family ain't from France. They from Ireland. Well, they're from Ireland, but. That they, ain't French. Okay, well. I'm they about, taught, they learn French instead of lying to folks. Okay, well, we'll go with that. There, we'll call them like the captain. That's like you saying you from New York. That's like you being born in New York, but talking about you from the South. Okay, well, I'm a Southern baby. Where you born at? New York. You ain't no Southern baby. (laughs) Okay, then we'll say that they're capping French people. Okay, right, and you don't even live in the South. Now you're in California. You you born in New York, live in California, telling people you're a Southern baby. Okay, I see what you're saying. So they were all slave owners and slaveholders, and he was one of the wealthiest men in the city. And so her mom, uh, uh, Delphine's mom, would actually host a lot of lavish parties. And their, you know, their mansion was known for a lot of parties going on. And they would host all of New Orleans aristocratic. Thank you. I can't say this stuff on their plantation. So. 
the family's wealth basically protected Delphine from everything. Like, for example, if like plagues or yellow fever would break out, they would just be able to quarantine themselves on their plantation. So they didn't have to like go out and catch anything. Mm. So all around, like people was dying of yellow fever and these rich people, they would still host their parties and stuff because it wouldn't affect them because it was just the towners that was dying from this stuff and they would quarantine themselves off. Same thing that happened with AIDS. Yeah, and COVID, I guess, huh? <laughs> I mean, some, well, yeah, you don't really hear about rich people getting it as often. Oh, yeah. I, you don't never hear about rich people getting AIDS, period. Mm. Well, Magic Johnson, I guess. People. Magic Johnson, and that would happen in like the 90s? Mm. And then the, at the same time, like that same decade, he got cured, quote unquote, where it's not detectable oh. in his bloodstream. Oh, That's yeah. I'm like, it's funny that no celebrity since the 90s has gotten AIDS since because it's not like they ain't stopped fucking. What about Charlie Sheen? He had HIV. Remember Did Charlie Sheen have HIV? That's what uh, I read some kind of news article that said he had HIV. No, I'm not going to start no Like, no. I think that I read something, unless I'm tripping, but I could have sworn I seen that. I, I did not know that. Well, yeah. I ain't hear nothing about that. Yeah, it was wild. But, yeah, why is it, why is it, you hear a lot more people that's poor getting AIDS than you hear this rich? I don't know. That's a good question. That's something to bring up to the trash banners. I would like to hear, have a conversation about that. Like, why do you think that is? Because there's a cure for it and the rich can afford it. Oh, yeah. See, you always solve everything, Buddha. You solved the John Bonet Ramsey case. Oh, I was just putting it together, girl. I was just there at that moment. <laughs> so, basically, Delphine was, uh, Delphine was known to be very, very beautiful. And she, you know, she, everybody loved her. Like, she was really, really pretty. And she had every possible advantage. I mean, her family really did a lot for her and spoiled her and her siblings a lot. Now, at this point, she was surrounded by slaves. And 40% of New Orleans was slave, like, enslaved people at this time. Jesus. But I really had to educate myself about slavery because I was like, I thought like a slavery is a horrible thing. And I'm like, I did I thought that there was like no laws for slaves. And I thought that people could just do whatever the fuck they wanted with the slaves and nobody gave a fuck. Right. Cause did you think that? No, but then again, I grew up in the Midwest and the South. Yeah. So California. So this one, New Orleans was one of the places that had the code nor, and that was also considered the black, co- uh, the black code. And what that meant was that certain treatment of slaves or cruelty was punished punishable by law so one of the things was they couldn't sell your child before they were 13 years of age which is still horrible because you think about it you have teenage kids at that point they're going to get sold they also and then again he was considered an adult by like 12 13 14 in this time oh yeah that's true too and the other thing was you couldn't like you couldn't like beat them like you couldn't be absolutely horrible to them like they were still slaves but there were certain things you just couldn't do at all to them so New Orleans was one it's of like the, animal rights. That's what it was. About yeah. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was during the time where they were still figuring out if slaves were actually people or not, which is insane, you know? So at 13 years old, she actually started looking for a husband. Cause at this time, girls could marry at the age of 12, yeah, which goes back to, yeah. So she meets 35 year old Ramon Lopez, Angela de la Candelaria. I should have practiced these names. You should have. I really, I'm butchering these names. (gasps) So I apologize for any descendants that's out there. But so he was a representative of the Spanish Royal Treasury. And he was also a widower because his wife had died on the trip from Spain to New Orleans. That was during the time that, you know, yellow fever was bad. So she had died from illness. 
So at this point, he started dating Delphine and, you know, he got invited to the plantation because he was the new admin to the city. So they started dating like right away. And a few months later, he asked the Spanish crown to approve the marriage to her. And, you know, Lopez, he went and he asked the bishop, but what he did was before he even got the consent, he went ahead and married her. And so this really caused a lot of suspicions because they was like, well, why do you want to marry her so fast after your wife literally just died, you know? And he said that basically their impending marriage was causing a lot of issues between her parents. And he really wanted to prove to her parents that he was serious about her. This is why he told them. He was losing some money and wanted to lock up a 13 year old. Yeah, right. So basically it was speculated that Delphine got pregnant by him, but that turned out to be false because everybody thought that, oh, well, she has to be pregnant. But this all went through. They were married on June 11th of 1800. And at this point, you know, her dad still provided, uh, you know, financial support to her, even though she was married. And he also paid a dowry as well for her. Nice. Yeah. But now because of this marriage, her, because they were already like royalty, but after this marriage, it was like her social standing really just improved because of who she had married. And so basically the crown though found out about the marriage and he actually re received a decree relieving him of his duties and ordered him to return to Spain because of this, because they didn't approve of the marriage. Cause remember like he didn't really wait for them to approve it. Mm. So basically there was a man named Don Juan Ventura Morales and he was actually Lopez's predecessor with the treasury and they hated each other. And so he was the one that reported the illegal marriage because he was like, okay, well, I'm going to take his spot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he reported it to the politicians to make him get removed. So Morales ended up replacing him. And, but when he, when Lopez heard about the fact that he was getting removed, he just ignored it and he continued on with his duties anyway. He was like, I'm not stepping down, even though they had already replaced him. Eventually though, he was forced to step down and he was forced to leave New Orleans and Delphine was very upset because unfortunately, because she was his wife, she had to go with him to Spain. And so she had to leave New Orleans because of this. I mean, she ain't have to, but she's a good woman for doing it. Yeah. And I don't know, like, cause it might've been different, like, you know, because technically that's like your wife. So I think she did have to, you know what I mean? Cause it was just different back then. Like now women had more rights to be like, no, I'm not going with you. I'm staying here. But it seemed like back then women were like property. Like if you were married to a yeah. woman, yeah, so she I, probably, I can see that. I can see that. But I was like, I thought she was, you know, American before he was American. Yeah, well, so she was. If that, so if she's an American citizen, I don't know if it was ever, you could just take an American away. Oh, I, I see what you're what saying. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think, yeah. This is a white woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they like, you ain't just taking it out the country. Mm-hmm. So, well, as soon as they got back into Spain, he appeals for his reinstatement. And it was said that there, this was a legend that was said that Delphine, because there's two different legends about this. One of them was that one day Delphine was exploring the Royal Gardens out there in Spain. And, you know, she was admiring the flowers and everything. And Queen Maria Luisa was so taken aback by her beauty that she said that she would grant his petition. So that was one of the things, but what wow, really, she yeah, she was beautiful. Like everybody says she was beautiful. She wasn't a good person, but she was really pretty. Mm. 
Now, the other one, and I'm not sure which one is true, is that Lopez just kept writing letters and, you know, blaming Morales for the harsh punishment. And because he was so persistent, in 1804, he was allowed to go back to New Orleans. But we it depends on which story you believe, you know? Okay. So... During this time, you know, Delphine found out that she was pregnant and they boarded a ship to New Orleans and then she gave birth to the baby on the ship when they were on their way back. But days from the city, there was a shipwreck and Lopez ended up dying. Now, if you talk to, because I actually talked to a lot of my tour guides about this story and a lot of people were like, (laughs) did he die, you know, in the shipwreck or did she kill him? Because this is going to be a running theme of her husband's dying. Just spoiler alert for everybody. So by the time she got back, this was during the time that Americans had really like... Is she like 14 now, 15? Yeah, she's like 14, 15. And taking cats out, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. So by the time she got back, the Americans had taken over New Orleans. And basically what happened was the Spanish had gotten the city from the French. And then there was a new treaty that sold it back to French. And then Napoleon got it and sold it to the Americans. So that's how New Orleans became part of America because they become, they became a part of the American purchase. Mm-hmm. So in 18 history lesson for you there yeah this this case had a whole bunch of history in it but it's crazy because i hate history but i like this case so this case is juicy oh yeah so when she got back in 1807 she met jean paul blanc and he worked with a lot of pirates and so basically he was considered the jack of all trades because he was a merchant, he was a slave trader, he was a lawyer, and he was a baker at all at the same time. This guy got it going on. Yeah. Yeah, he was also a state legislator, but they were saying he was very, very dangerous because he would do anything for anything for money, you know? And especially like he would, um, you know, trade all the slaves and basically they was just like, he was very shysty, you know? I so, mean, the root of America, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. He was very, very <laughs> prosperous as well. Yeah, he was. He was very prosperous and very powerful. And this was during the time, like I had said earlier, that American people were still debating if enslaved people were either human or subhuman. And so in 1807, President Jefferson had outlawed the transport of enslaved people into the American territories. And that really upset, you know, the people that was in the American territories because they was able to get these slaves and they couldn't now. So what John Paul Blanc did was he ignored that ban and he continued to transport the slaves. And then he even made even more money because it was like, you know, something that he wasn't supposed to be doing. So he was able to double charge for the slaves that he was importing in. So altogether, Delphine had 78 slaves on her plantation. And during this time, you know, she they were saying that during this time, she was really nice to the slaves. Like she hadn't been cruel to the slaves, you know, and a lot of the other white women, because they compared it to a lot of the other white women, they said that most of the white women were really rude to their slaves. Like they were saying, honestly, white women were even ruder or and even meaner to the slaves than the men, because most of the time, like the slaves that were inside, they were having affairs with the slaves. And so they, you know, was upset about their husbands messing around with the slaves. So, I mean, the white women, they was just super cruel despite this Louisiana law. Like, white women were known to beat the slaves and just talk down to the slaves. But during this time, they said Delphine was the only one that was not doing that, that they knew of. 
And they said that her cousin Celeste McCarthy was horrible to her slaves. So at this time, they was like, you know, Delphine was the best one to go to if you were going to be a woman slave. Now that's all going to change later. And they're trying to figure out like why that something happened to make it change. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was, and a lot of these women were upset because out of all these, you know, out of all these affairs that was going on, a lot of children was born as a result of these interracial marriages. So that was another thing. Now it's you not interracial marriages, just interracial. Did coupling. I say marriages? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, these you guys. guys yeah, were married. Yeah, you. They were not married. Sex. I don't know why the hell I say marriages, but yes, these interracial couplings. A lot of children was born out of this, and these were actually they were going to be enslaved children as well because you know of course the husband is not going to like take these children in, so they were going to be slaves as well. So it was like this whole cycle of abuse. Now you have a baby that's going to be getting abused and stuff like that. It was just, and that's it goes to me also with what I was talking about people with the theory of the Christianity and quote unquote monogamy, mm-hmm. and how people like believe it's like you know just on the European standard of it, and even the Europeans had it in their thing. That's why you know there was the killing of uh, when you have a king that goes down, you have this crazy thing we're going around killing babies and stuff like that. Oh, I remember because, that because uh. of the fact that by by any other law except American law. And that's why they abolished it. Is your firstborn male child is mm-hmm. the heir to your stuff? Mm. It doesn't matter what race they are. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's even from your wife. Mm. That's the thing. Like even that's why oh, you, yeah. if you look about. It, that's why look at Game of Thrones. I was just gonna killing say all that. These kids. they had to kill all the none, kids. Right? Yeah. None of them were the none of them were the children of the of the queen. Mm-mm. But nope. they're the true king because that's why that's how it's supposed to be passed down in lineage. Yeah. And one of my friends, he told me about that whole thing about the historics of, you know, that's part of the sexism of it. Mm-hmm. But it's the male that controls the lineage, not mm-hmm. the woman. Mm-hmm. So the man has his whenever he bores his firstborn yeah. child, and it still happened. It happened in China, ancient Japan times. Majority of the time. When you have a leader that's in the ancient Japan or even China, yeah, that, that leader is usually not the son of the daughter, the, the queen. Oh yeah, he's usually the the son of a concubine oh, from the yeah. king. That's crazy. Yeah, so if your wife's first child is a daughter, but your side piece's first child is a son, that son's gonna get the everything. son gets everything. everything. So that's yeah. why American uh, America inducted this whole thing with marriage, uh, monogamy. Um, making it exclusively for your family and your wife, and then you write stuff for the other people mm-hmm. because of the fact that technically, yeah. all of the all of the white man's land that's been in, in America belongs to black people. Mm-hmm. All the guys that was having sex with their slaves on the side, yeah, and they had this big, strong, light skinned buck out there working. That's the person that owns your land. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't want to give it up to they, they lose it out of their quote unquote family mm-hmm. of the white part of the family. He's he's your family too. Yeah. But they didn't want to take it out of the white part, so that's why they inducted this into the crypt into the religion and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. making you believe it's like a sin even against God. But no, it's, it's actually the, the sin against the white man because he didn't want you to actually take over his property. Yeah. He didn't want the fact that, oh, you die. And technically, mm-hmm. by every other law that's been in the law and land for thousands of years before this, yeah, that man, even though he's a slave, is the owner of your property. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh my. And you didn't want that. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that would not have been what they wanted at all. Right. Can you imagine like how many people would have owned land right now? Right. Like, that means they had to take responsibility. Like yeah. you got to actually keep your dick in your pants. Yeah. Because you, you going around screwing these women and just they have no consequence of it. Yeah. When in actuality, that's how people procreate. That's how you started your lineage. That's how you started your kingdom. Yeah. And everybody knew that and respected that as rules before until slavery came. Mm, and yeah. then they started breaking these new weird christian rules like oh i don't really owe this kid anything because it's not my kid in wedlock oh start yeah. saying shit like that yeah mm-hmm. well so delphine ended up having four more kids by jean paul blanc and in 1815 he died mysteriously so suspicions went to either delphine did it or he could have faked his own death so that's another myth we don't know if delphine had anything to do with it but after his death, it was found out that he was millions of dollars in debt, even though it seemed like all of his you know, businesses and stuff was thriving. So Delphine, what she did was she negotiated with all the creditors. And what she did was she sold parts of the estate and she sold most of her slaves to get back her wealth. So, so one of the things in her husband's will and one of his final wishes was that there was a slave. I mean, was there even millions of dollars in this time frame? Yeah, there was. Did a million dollars exist back then? Yeah. Like, that's what, like, it really didn't, but for them, like, yeah, it was like millions of dollars. I mean, like, you're talking about in like, the 1800s to have millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, you could have bought the country. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because these were like royalty people. I mean, not very many people had it, but yeah, that's wild. That's what makes it so, like, like crazy. Like, these people, like, they really, like, were set apart from, like, literally everybody else. Right? Like, the coldest part is, I think, like, California, one of the few of these states was bought for millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. They bought it for, like, $38 million. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so you you guys had that type <laughs> you guys of money? Had that, yeah. And you'll see. Well, we'll see, we're going to see because she actually buys a mansion later on down the line, and it takes up all of the street of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, so Delphine, and here we go again with Delphine was actually a really, I'm not going to say she was a nice lady because she owned slaves, but they were saying that she really like looked out because one of his final wishes was that he was very fond of this slave named Jean-Louis and he had said he wanted him to be emancipated. And so what she did was she set him free. Now, this was a financial loss for herself because she could have really honestly sold him for a lot of money, but she went ahead and emancipated him to honor his last wishes. And also Delphine's dad had a mixed race daughter out of wedlock and she agreed to be the godparent of the, you know, of the goddaughter. And this is wedlock. exactly what she's... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Wedlock. Yeah. That's the word came from. It's Americanized word. Yeah. Well, her dad actually, <laughs> because, you know, he agreed to give a portion of her inheritance to this mixed race daughter and she accepted it so that's why they was like okay up until this point she actually had kind of a good heart so everybody's trying to figure out where she switched you know what i mean so because we're going to see there's going to be a traumatic change in her like she's not going to be this kind person that i mean is she kind she's killing people she's killing her husbands well yo well we don't know if she killed her husbands or not we're not sure but it's a myth like going around we're not sure like we don't know what happened i mean the second one i feel like because they said mysterious death now the other one the shipwreck i don't know like that one i just don't know about she might have pushed him over who knows i don't know (laughs) i don't even want to say but i don't know so basically, 
she was like really good. You know, they was like, she was a really good person. And then in 1825, this is where she's going to get her name. Because in 1825, Dr. Louis LaLaurie came to New Orleans. And this is when she basically becomes the evil madame that everybody knows, Madame LaLaurie. Because the doctor had came from France. He was an orthopedic specialist and he had studied at a French medical school. Actually, though, he had studied to become a dentist. But back then, you could actually go to dentistry school and become a doctor. Like there was no like, you know, what I mean, you could just switch back and forth. So that's what he decided to do. Delphine met him. He was 38 years old. I mean, she was 38 years old. He was 23 years old. So he was like way younger than her. And unlike her previous marriages, this one was a little bit different because at this point she possessed more power and more wealth than him. And usually before, you know, the men was the one that was, you know, keeping her afloat. But this time she had more power than him. There was only one man before. What do you mean? The no, man? there was two. Remember there was um, the one that died on the ship. Now I got to go back to the Spanish one. And then it was John Paul Blanc. Remember, she had been married twice before. No, I don't remember you mentioning that. What happened what? to John Paul Blanc? Are we on the same podcast? Are we? What happened to John Paul Blanc then? He's the one that died mysteriously. You said the words mysteriously when I told you she's killing people, but you never said that she even got married or died with this what man. What the fuck? Like, where did she meet this? Like, read, read, read the part where you said that she even met the man. Uh, where, where's that part? What the fuck is going on? Where's the part where you said she even met John, John Paul, Paul Blanc, Blanc and where he died? Okay, John Bob Wong was the one we talked about, Jack of all trades. Remember, she met him. He was... Uh, he the guy that did with the pirates and all this yes. stuff? Yes. Wasn't that her first marriage? No, her first marriage was to the Spanish guy when he didn't really get approved to marry her. And remember, she had yes, to... Yeah, I thought that was all the same guy. I'm going to murder you. I thought that was all the same I'm guy. going to freaking kill you. I'm doing all this so work. So John Paul Blanc dies mysteriously? He died mysteriously. You know what? No more drink. No more smoke. You, you didn't end this well. You didn't what end the John Paul Blanc thing well. Yeah. So you're going to blame know, me for it? Because I don't remember you ever saying he died. I said he died mysteriously. And one of his final wishes was that his favorite slave gets emancipated. And she honored his wish, even though she could have went ahead and sold him. You don't remember any of this? I remember you saying that. Yes. And she was, she, he was actually like in debt really bad. After the death, I she thought found that was the first guy. The first guy who fell off the boat and wasn't he in debt? That was the Spanish guy. He wasn't in debt. What is going on? Mm. Are you listening to my story? I am listening, but I, I don't know if you told these things clearly. But okay, the, so two guys now. Yes, by this there was point. two guys. The first guy was the Spanish guy, mm-hmm. right? He was the one boat wrecked. She was pregnant on the boat. They had a mysterious boat wreck. He died. Then she meets John Paul Blanc. They have four more kids. And he was the one that, like, you know, helped with the pirates. He uh, illegally sold slaves and transported them. Now, he's died mysteriously. We don't know how he died. Okay. So, it's two marriages. Now, she's on her way to her third. Okay. And do not sip your cup anymore, please. Oh, girl. We got to sip this cup on this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, are we caught up now, Buddha? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we're on the third guy that she has married. And so, he's a younger guy. He's 23. He's a doctor. She met him. She was 38 years old. And in 1826, she's gotten pregnant by him. And now, she's married him. So, this is her third marriage. And so, this is what gives her the name, Madame Delphine LaLaurie. 
Now, it was said they was very passionate in the beginning, but they turned out to not be able to stand each other. They would fight, they would separate, then they would return to each other all the time. Now, during this time, Delphine had 15 adult slaves and four children slaves at this time. And she ended up aggressively seeking more. And she ended up with 49 across her properties. So this is when we start seeing her become not that kind person anymore. And people think it's because of everything that she's going through with her husband. She starts being aggressive with her slaves now. Now, this is what we're going to talk about. And I wish I would have took a picture when I was in New Orleans because we passed by it. And this is the mansion that we're going to talk about. It takes up like literally like the whole half like of the French Quarter. There's a street on the French Quarter. And if you look like the whole mansion takes up all of it. She purchases this mansion and this is where all the horrible things is going to take place. And this mansion, they said, is so haunted. Like my like any of the tour guys, nobody would walk even on the same side of that mansion because there was just so many horrible things or people are just scared they're going to get hexed. Like some tour guides will like take you by it. And then other tour guides are like, no, like my tour guide like took us like across the street and was like, if you guys want to go up to it, you guys are more than welcome. But you know, I'm not going over there. That's how bad it is. But it's one whole side of the street. So she purchases this mansion in 1831. people party in this building? Yeah, we'll get to that. People do party in this building now. So we'll talk about that. I'm excited because I, I actually plan on going to one of the parties next year. So so you had a, a tour guide that was so afraid that it was going to curse you from even across the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm going in there to party. But you're going to go in there to party. I'm going to that fucking party next year. I didn't know about the party this year. I would have been there. And I, I would have changed my trip to October instead of when I went because I'm going to that fucking party. Because you don't believe in hexes. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Like, well, we'll talk about it. We will talk about it. <clears throat> so she purchases this home in 1831. It's a big two-story, like I said. And there's a separate attached, like, structure, and that's for the slaves. So that, that part is only for the slaves. And then there's her part for living. So... Quickly, it was noticed that she, remember, she had gotten all these slaves and the slaves started to quickly deteriorate. So people would see them and they would become like, they were skinny, like they weren't eating. They looked malnourished. And a lot of times neighbors started hearing screams that was coming from the mansion, you know, at night. And it seemed like her slaves was getting beat because people would just hear some screaming going on and they didn't know what was going (laughs) on. You know, she was starving them. She kept her cook chained to the kitchen stove is what was said later after all of this stuff comes out. And even though there was like that law that I said about not brutally um, using brutal force for the slaves, they she couldn't maim them. She wasn't supposed to mutilate them and she can't expose them to death. You know, here's the thing though. The system was flawed because you know what caused that system to be flawed? Like that rule didn't make, that, that rule, it was kind of a mute point. And do you know what caused that? No. The fact that is, slaves could not testify. So a slave couldn't just call the police. The slave couldn't just go to law and say, I'm getting beat. I'm getting maimed. Like you literally had no rights because you weren't a human. So you couldn't testify. And a lot of instances, if your only witnesses is like, for example, her husband, like who's really going to testify? You know what I mean? So that's why it's like this law became kind of a moot point when it came to situations like that. And that's how people were able to abuse their slaves despite this law. 
because there was no one to testify. Right. Like you would literally have to have like a neighbor or something that was willing to step up and say, no, I saw her doing this and that. And most of the time that just didn't happen because they all stuck together. So between 1831 and 1833, 12 of the slaves died in her care. And it was said that she had a lot of anger towards her husband. And this is where the main story, this is where everything starts going down. Because one night a neighbor saw Delphine chasing a little slave girl with a whip. And she was just beating her and beating her. And so what happened was the little girl was running. And when she got to the roof, she was cornered. So if you look at the the mansion, and I'll put pictures up. The mansion had like this, it's two story and it had this super big balcony in the front. So as she chased her out, like the little girl was like cornered and she couldn't get away. So she just jumped over the balcony and she just died right then and there. So the neighbor saw her look at the girl and then she just went in the house. Like she just left her dead body sitting right there. So what happened is the other slaves came out into the garden because she fell into the garden and the other slaves had to bury her. So they buried her into the garden. So someone at this point reported this incident to the police and it was probably the neighbor that had looked on. And what happened was she was forced to sell all of her slaves because of what happened. Mm. But she was able to find a loophole in that because what happened was she sold them to another family member and then she purchased them back from the family member and then she continued to abuse them. So like, so from what I got, got from this, it's like not like the slaves got like removed out. She could sell them to anybody she wanted to sell them to. So that's how she got around that. So now she gets her slaves back because of this. So on November 16th, 1832, Delphine filed a separation for her husband because he said that he had started beating. She said that he had started beating her real bad and she just couldn't take it. So the separation was granted, but they continued to live together. And so this is when something really horrible happens. This is when the night in question happens. April 10th, 1834, there was a super huge fire that was at the slaves' headquarters. People all started coming out. They saw the smoke from the fire. And what happened was people started coming over and they started helping Delphine and her husband, the doctor. And she was telling them like, cause they was running over to the slave quarters because that's where the fire was coming from. And the fire was quickly kind of spreading over to her house. And she kept telling them, no, 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 don't go over there. Help me get my furniture out. I don't want my furniture to burn up. So that started becoming suspicious because they was like, you're, so you're not worried about the people in there. You're worried about your furniture, right? So people start, you know, helping her move her furniture and her art outside and everything like that. And she was like screaming like, oh my gosh, I don't want the fire to spread to my house. And so what happened was there was a judge and there was three other guys that actually went over to the servant's quarters despite her saying, no, she don't want them to. And they couldn't account for where a lot of the slaves were. But on the top floor, there was a locked door to an attic and they could hear the screams of the people inside. So what happened was the judge demanded to know like what was going on. So he was asking the doctor, like, what's behind this door? Why don't you want anybody over here? And the doctor just kept saying, you just help me get my furniture out of here. Don't worry about that over there. And then he was like, you need to mind your own business if you're not going to help me get my furniture out. So what happened was the judge and the other two neighbors tried to go into the slave quarters and they tried to open the attic and they finally got the attic open 
And what happened was they saw seven slaves came out of the attic and they couldn't breathe. They couldn't walk. They was malnutrition. They had a whole bunch of open wounds. They had maggots coming out of the wounds. That's how bad it was. And I I don't know, like a lot of these slaves, I don't know what happened to them because there was no more report outside of them coming. So we don't know if they made it or not, some of these slaves. And it was just a very, and the smell was horrible. It was a very horrible sight. Now the crowd, because like the crowd was completely furious because of this treatment of the slaves. Like there was a whole, like, what do you call it? Where they're all trying to get around to like, you know, a mob. There was like an angry mob because they saw the slaves just like limping out. And that's another thing was, I was like, I was shocked because I was like, I didn't really think anybody would give a fuck, you know, about the slaves. Uh So at this point, she had locked herself in her mansion because, like I said, there was angry crowds outside and she was scared that she was going to get lynched because people found out how the slaves was in there, like mistreated, malnourished. And so, you know, eventually the crowd was just so pissed. Now, you know how like people put extras on stories and stuff like that? So I'm going to go over some things that was said, but it turned out to not be true. The only account of this came from the judge and the guys that, you know, went into the attic and saw what was going on. But over the years, it has gotten to be heightened to be worse than what it was. I mean, it was already really bad, you know, really horrible. But this is what happened. In 1946, an author wrote a book and it was called Ghost Stories of New Orleans. And so what was said was that there was naked slaves that was chained to walls that their fingernail beds had been pulled out, their eyes had been gouged out, their lips sewn together. What they were saying was that people was actually doing experiments on these slaves. That's what was said was happening. Because remember, Dr. Lalari was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so they said that their, their um, lips were sewed together, their tongues were sewed to their chin, their hands were stitched to their legs, and they were pulled from joint to joint. They said there was holes sewn in their skulls so that their brains could be stirred. They had been eaten up by ants. And there was a lot of like switching human organs. There was a lot of bizarre medical experience. And in fact, one person had even been turned into a human crabs. But these were all parts of myths. This part was what really happened was there was no sewing of limbs, you know, but it was still horrific what happened into the, the attic, you know. And what started the fire in the first place was that there was an elderly woman that was chained to a bed and she was so old and so fragile and she had started the fire because she was trying to kill herself. That's what happened. She was like, she just wanted it to be over. And what happened was there was the victims that came out really was covered with scars. They they had chains all over them. They had, you know, a lot of different wounds on their backs, on their legs. They hadn't been given any kind of food at all. And actually there was maggots coming out of their wounds because their wounds had not been cared for at all. And one of the, you know, one of the myths where, you know, there was a hole in somebody's head and their brains had been started around is because one of the slaves did have like this massive gash in his head and it was really deep to where like, you know how like something needs stitches, but it don't get stitches, but it goes super deep to where you can almost see the bone. Mm -hmm. That's one of the injuries that one of the holes had, the one of the slaves had. And so the holes actually had maggots coming out of his head. So that's what I'm saying. We don't even know some of these slaves. We don't even know if they made it outside after this. Mm. So, and they also did find instruments of torture in this same room. So, Madame Delphine had been using these instruments to inflict pain on them. So, and a lot of these instruments of uh, torture belonged to the doctor as well. 
So what happened was a day after <coughs> a day after um one of these victims did die, but we still never found out what happened to the other victims that came out, but one of them for sure died. Mm. They also found the the body of the little girl that had jumped off the balcony. They found her in the garden as well. So they found out that what happened was she had been torturing her people to death. And so a lot of people though, you know, it's crazy because a lot of people still believe in her innocence. And a lot of people think that she was set up by her husband and that her husband actually did all of this stuff. Mm. And so, but that was quickly, you know, that was quickly ruled out. It was ruled that even though her husband was a doctor, he probably, he knew about this stuff. He probably helped her with this stuff, but there's no way that she didn't know or did not participate in this at all. So, but there was a journalist that really went hard for her and was like, oh, well, she's completely honest and she's completely, you know, a wonderful woman. And he kept going back to, well, why was she all of a sudden start treating her slaves like this? She had always been nice to her slaves. So he wrote a whole article that said that the neighbor, the one that witnessed the little girl jumping off the balcony, obviously has set her up. And this neighbor's name, this neighbor's name was Mai Tai. And what happened was my tie came from a powerful, you know, family, just like Delphine did. And supposedly she cheated him out of a business deal and he wanted revenge on her. So what happened was this journalist said that this neighbor used his family's influence to maybe spread some lies and that, you know, my tie was one of the people that really wanted people to go into the attic and was like, we need to see what's going on in there. But there was further investigation and this was found to not be true. There was never a business deal between him and Delphine, but these are people, these are, you know, the people that was really in her corner. They wanted to believe that she was innocent of this so bad, you know? So also, I mean, how do you explain a little girl jumping off the balcony? Right. Like that's because they were saying that my time might've like made that up, but she, he didn't because her body was actually found mm -hmm. in the garden. So that's not something that would have happened, you know? And plus, on top of that, it wasn't just my tie that reported this. It was also that judge as well that went into the attic. And he was actually the one that reported it. Yeah. And he reported everything that was seen. So also, you know, over the years, all these stories have changed because it's found out that a lot of her descendants during the 1920s and 1930s, they began to work for like, they began to live in New Orleans and they began to work for newspapers and become journalists. And they were really trying to cover this up, you know, for her as the ancestor. They was like, no, like my aunt or my great grandmother did not do this. And this is what happened, you know? So a lot of these accounts is kind of dimming down what she did, if that makes sense. So a lot of this also started to like a lot of articles that was written later on started to really downplay the racism and, you know, her descendants felt like, okay, she was so dignified. She was also so classy. Like there's no way that a woman of her stature would do anything like this. This is what was going on. And also they were saying because she was so petite and pretty, they was just like a pretty woman would never do something so horrible like this. Like how would she have even been her being petite? How would she have even beat the slaves? Like some of these slaves that was beaten was big men. That's impossible. You know, that's the kind of things that was being said right now. Mm. So, you know, so basically, and this is another myth. So I don't know if you have. Yeah, you I ain't never seen Green Mile. You can be a big slave. Yeah, you can, right? But we know because if that slave who's smart enough, you think we animals, but he's smart enough to know law. Mm -hmm. He's smart enough to know uh, punishment mm -hmm. and cause. Yeah, you could be huge all he want to, but he know that if I touch your white ass. Oh, that's true, huh? It's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, here's another myth that happened, and I, you've heard of Marie Laveau, correct? I went to her house. She was the voodoo queen. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people thought that Marie Laveau and Delphine might have had like a friendship and Delphine might have tortured her slaves to raise all kinds of dark spirits. This was not true. Actually, yeah. Delphine and the, and Marie Laveau, they did not associate with each other, which is funny because I, American Horror Story, by the way, you guys have to check out American Horror Story. I feel like it's like one of the best shows ever. But season two, my queen Angela Bassett actually did a damn good job of playing Marie Laveau. And Kathy Bates actually plays as Delphine. I've and, seen it. Yeah, it's so awesome. And they actually in this one had a relate, like, you know, they was a, a frenemy type. You know, they were against each other as witches. And, you know, I highly encourage everybody to watch it even though the the facts aren't exactly facts and a lot of it is fictional but it's still very entertaining and this is actually where I first found out about this story and so when I was in New Orleans and I was like oh wait a minute this because I, I knew about Marie Laveau but I didn't know Delphine was an actual real person and I was like oh wait a minute so I highly you know encourage everybody to go watch that but yeah that was debunked they didn't have a relationship. That is not why she tortured her slaves. So we're still back to, well, why does she torture her slaves? Why does she all of a sudden do this? Is she Was she just taking out the anger that she had towards her husband on the slaves, you know? But as as you said, she probably wasn't really a nice lady. You know what I mean? Like everybody thought she was so nice and she wasn't. She still Oh, was. well, yeah, I did say that off the air. Yeah. You know, like I, it's all relative in what you're saying. Someone's being nice to a slave. Yeah. Sounds like, you know, her husband's for, his forcing herself upon them. It sounds like she is even having that same uh, interaction. I haven't heard you say it yet, mm-hmm. but it just sounds like she is even having a sexual interaction with them as well. You are abusive to them. You're, de- you're degrading to them. As I said, it's, it's a standard practice for people that I know, <laughs> especially in black homes, where if your dog shits in your house, you put his face in the shit and you beat him in his ass with a newspaper or something like that, or you smack him across the face with a newspaper, you know? Right, right. Um, Now, if you think about that as being standard practice, is that nice if you're a human being, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. the standard practice of putting your face into some shit and beating you. I don't know what the standard practice was for some of the treatments, but that's what I'm saying is that standard practice and people that are animal activists look at that now like, what? That is completely cruel. I got horrible to a dog. Right. And there's a lot of people that, I mean, I mean lots of, almost every man I've ever met that's owned a dog uses that, that, that technique. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that means that majority of people think that's just common practice. Yeah. So they can still believe they're great dog owners and yeah. very sweet and kind and I'm so nice to my dog. Right. Because that's just standard fucking practice. Yeah. So I don't know how cruel, like that's on, that's on yeah. a scale of other people that's being equally as cruel to their slaves right. to call you nice. Yeah, because who is really a nice slave owner? Because you slapped your slaves one time as opposed to this person over here that was beating her slaves. Like, right, and all slaves has all slaves have whip marks. Yeah. So they're all getting whipped. Yeah. I mean, because I know at one point they compared her to her cousin Del- um, C- Celeste, and I was like, okay, so Celeste must have been beating her slaves' ass every day then, and maybe Delphine was just, you know, right? What I mean? You like, know, what? like what, like how, how, what is that, and how are we doing this in ratio? Yeah. Because they're still all selling your kids. They're still, you know what I mean? Like, because if they have a, a, a bad year, they're going to probably sell off your kids, separate families. So I don't know. Right. What is considered a nice slave owner? They're still going to, their husband goes off. They're still going to be like, hey, Brutus, get in here, Debo. Yeah. You know what you need to do. He right. can't say no. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. There, it's a, for me. I always thought there is no nice slave owners. You know, they always said the house slaves was treated better than the outside slaves. You know, and everyone was like, "Oh, like these people are in the house." But okay, like if you had a choice, you'd rather be in the house cooking food than like having to pick cotton in the hot sun. But the these people are still getting treated just as bad. They're getting right. Raped. I mean, somebody's chained to their doggone stove. Right. Like she had hers chained to the stove. So what I got to cook 24 hours a day. Like, why am I chained to the stove? Though? Right. Like, yeah. So I, there, I just don't see what everybody else was. Seeing. Right. Well, so back to the day in question. So she's locked up, you know, she's in her house. She's really scared because the mob is outside and you know, the crowd waited outside because they want her to get arrested, but the police never came at all justice yeah and so what happened was her husband had actually escaped earlier in the day and this is this was before batman this mm-hmm. is why things like this happened yeah absolutely so this is where we're gonna get into the slave thing you kind of like hinted to it about the affair so she had a slave and everybody was like, you know, he was her right hand man. He was the only one of her slaves that was really loyal. He was well fed, like he was built, you know, and a lot of people think that he may have been snitching on other say, uh, like other slaves and even may have helped her torture these other slaves. And he also may have been her lover because it was like, she just treated him completely different than everybody else. And she or they was like she either that was either her lover or maybe she just kept him like that for appearances like you have to have one that is not like that not malnourished because it's appearances like i'm treating my slaves really good you know what i mean so we don't know but most likely they were you know lovers and so what happened was he was also her coachman so she sent him to bring the carriage to the front because at this point she's about she has to try to get out of the situation because the crowd of mob is like waiting that the police don't come they're gonna get her so she's trapped in the house so what happened was she just got herself dressed she got herself looking really pretty and she actually just decided to just come out of the mansion and act like nothing was wrong. And so when everybody kind of stopped for a minute and they looked at her and they were so, you know, they were so graced by her beauty and how she was flawless and just kind of coming out like nothing was even wrong. And she was confident and she just walked to her carriage that it, it kind of made them stop and pause for a minute until she got into the carriage. And then when she I got mean, into the carriage. I mean, Cardi B wish she had that power. Ah! You get out that bussin' that you Stop an angry mob. Yeah. That's how busting. And then after that, when she got in the carriage, everybody remembered, oh, yeah, we're mad. So then they tried to attack the carriage. But by then, she was already they gone. They couldn't look upon her grace. Yeah. That's, that that part was, like, wild. And so I'm going to put pictures up of her. I need to see her, too. I mean, yeah, dang, to stop an angry mob. Yeah. Not with words, with your flawlessness. Like, she put on her Daisy Dukes, her flawless eyelashes, yeah. her witch nails, three inches and shit, her three-foot weave. Like, she <laughs> took it there, put it around the eyelids. Like, you must have took it there. You put collagen in the lips. right? Before. You just extra pumped. You went in there and pumped your lips up. Like, you must have been, like, Betty Boop. Or uh, Jessica, no, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, you must have walked out there being Jessica motherfucking Rabbit. Yeah. In order to sit here and patty cake your way past everybody. Because, right. I mean, sheesh. And she stopped the mob. Sheesh. And, I, you know, it's going to be fun to put the pictures up because I still haven't even seen her. I didn't look her up. I wanted us to look her up together mm-hmm. to see the picture so we could talk about it. 
But yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see what pictures there are out there because this was the 1800s, you know? So it probably looks like George Clooney. But <laughs> that was bad back in the days, though. Back in the days, she yeah. was busting. So she gets in the carriage, she leaves, and she was able to get on the boat and sail away. Now, this is what really happened. This is the sad thing about it. The crowd ends up, you know, meeting her up there because, you know, after she's on a horse and buggy. They're all like running and trying to get up there. Of course, like she, you know, is gone by the time they get there. It probably took them hours, days, whatever to run up and there. And they right? abused the black guy. Uh, no. So what happened was they ended up stabbing the fucking horses to death. Like, what the hell? Oh, okay. I was going to say, y'all mad about black people getting abused, and then you end up going out there and mobbing and lynching the black man. No, the, the black man. That's what I thought was going to happen. I'd be like, that's what happens. That's what happens. No, trigger one. They tore the carriage apart, and they stabbed the horses to death. And then, I mean, at least the black man got off good. Yeah, he got out good. And then the people went to her mansion, and they actually trashed the whole mansion. I mean, they, you know, to pieces. So because they trashed the, ma- the mansion, that's when the police came, because they went and just trashed up the mansion. That's when the police got Yeah, that's why I read that. I was like, oh, so they come because the mansion is fucked up, but not because of the slaves that was staggering out of the attic. And the burning building. Right, got it. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what I thought about? Because it nowhere in the research did it say somebody actually put this fire out. So the fact that the other parts of the house did not burn down means the slave quarters was hella far from the house. Well, like, it didn't have to be hella far, you know. But it was. It sounded like it was a big plot of land. Yeah, it was a big plot of land. So the slave quarters had a little bit of distance. So yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But it's just funny to me, like like night in the fire department showed up. <laughs> That's like, Jesus. So, but when y'all start robbing the motherfuckers, then you be like, all right, all right, now. It sounds like y'all wanted to go in there and get you cut. Right. That's the real deal. They you waited for them to go in there and start robbing shit so y'all can go in there and be like, we broke it up so you can steal shit too. Yeah. And be like, it was the thieves. <laughs> they stole your $3,000 Mona Lisa painting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what? know where that's at. Hey, what would you do if you saw somebody looting somebody's mansion? Would you go in there and get I some shit? I would join in. What the fuck hell? You, you would yes. get some shit up out of there too? That is one of my dreams to sit here and go and loot a mansion. <laughs> that is one of my come-ups of life. Oh. I'm about to get me a gold-plated gun or some shit. I'm coming out of there with something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damn. So you just wouldn't have no integrity? What integrity? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is free-for-all property. If it's already being ransacked, don't you play yourself like DJ Khaled said. <laughs> don't you try and be that good person and drive off because you're going to see the person next door to your ass in the hood driving on dub deuces that he got from that motherfucking place and be like, look at this old grandfather clock. He don't even know how to tell time. But he got this old ass $3 million grandfather clock and you always got jack crap but your bills in your hand. I'd go in that house. Oh my gosh. Well, everybody, you heard it from Buddha. If you ever see a mansion or even a house getting looted, just go in there and get some shit. Just go get some. Yeah, right. It's already hella fingerprints. Everybody in trouble already. I'm getting mine. <laughs> so when the police question you about where it's at, what are you going to do? I say, I don't know. I, 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 I go straight to racism. Be like, racist bastard. That's what you do. You just come up to me. Because I'm black, huh? Thought my black ass running in people's house. That's all you think about. <laughs> what you doing? Just going around crushing every black man about this? <laughs> so, so at this point, Delphine actually she took the boat, and then she actually went to Alabama, and there she was able to meet up with her kids and her husband, and then they went to New York. 
So New York, you know, they 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 still had some racist parts, but they were not as with the racism as the South. So they quickly heard about what she had did, and they was like, they ran her out of New York. Basically, they was like, you can't be here, you know. So what happened? She had to leave the whole country because mm-hmm. everybody in the America had heard about what she had what what she had did to these slaves. So she ended up having to go to France and. Delphine believed to this day that she did nothing wrong. She didn't understand why everybody was mad at her. So in 1842, her husband left her and he ended up moving to Cuba where he died in 1863. Now in France, Delphine lived a super privileged life and we don't really know how she died because she died in the 1850s, but there's two accounts of how she died. They said she either died during a hunt, a hunt and she was attacked by a wild boar. That's kind of like Game of Thrones too. Didn't the king die? From, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what happened was people actually thought that she just moved secretly back to New Orleans, you know, and died there. That one was ruled out. They don't, because there's no way that she would have gotten back into New Orleans. There's also something that said that she was in Paris and she just died from an illness. This is the most related. This is the most reliable source. So this is the one that I would go with because she was in France this whole time. So everybody thinks she just died in Paris. Now, following this, neighbors actually would hear, hear groans and scratches coming from the spirits that was living in the La La Rie mansion. And what happened was they actually ended up fixing up the house. In 1837, there was a landlord named Charles Caffin and he bought the mansion and he fixed it all up from vandalism. And his thing was he was going to rent out all the rooms. So what happened was nobody wanted to stay there. So he actually ended up losing money because they said that you could hear screams, you could hear groans, you could hear chains, you could hear like scraping and it just sounded like people was in agony. And this is everybody that's ever gotten this mansion has said this. So. And you want to go party there. Oh, I'm going to get to that. So. The La La Rie Mansion for a little while became like a haunted house and they actually started selling tickets for like tours and stuff like that. Now in 2007, actor Nicolas Cage bought the mansion. He bought it for $3.5 million. And after he bought the mansion, he said that he had nothing but bad luck. He said his career went downhill. He never had another blockbuster movie. He had issues with the IRS and he lost a whole bunch of expensive properties, including the mansion. And he said he had nightmares after he had, you know, bought that mansion. So some people that have and been... you want to go party there. <laughs> Look, some people that said that, you know, they when they would go on the tours and stuff like that, they would say that you could see Delphine walking the hallways, chasing slaves with a whip, you know, getting ready for parties. Uh, You know, some people say that you see like her shadows and stuff. Like when you go to the haunted tours, this is no longer a tourist attraction. Um, actually right now it's owned by my tour guy said, I don't remember his name, but it's either, he's either a millionaire or a billionaire. I don't remember which one it is, but what he does is he, every single year he has his fat ass Halloween party and it's open to the public. So he'll open the mansion up. He'll let people go upstairs, downstairs. I mean, it's like everybody's drunk. Everybody flies in for this fat ass Halloween party there. And I was like, I'm there. Like, I'm there. Because everybody can't get cursed at one time, right? Yes, you can. So everybody that goes to this Halloween party is just going to be coming out cursed? More than likely. And he don't he don't care. That means less people and less competition for his ass. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was like, man, my tour guide, because at first when they said a millionaire or a billionaire owns it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like exclusive for just, but they was like, no, anybody nope. could the go poor up people in that go up in there. Oh, that sounds like exactly what a billionaire would want. Take your po ass in there, get hexed and killed. Oh, fuck. So yeah, Nisha, go ahead. Am do I... exactly what the white man wants you to do. Oh, Take know. your ass in there and get hexed and killed from slavery. It'd be black on black crime. All you can sit here and do is blame it on the slaves that hate your ass and sit here and put this hex on you. I didn't even fucking think about that shit. Oh my gosh. And oh. it'd be one less number breathing up all his white man's air for him with your big old <laughs> nigga nose. <laughs> so wait a minute. If I go to this fucking party, I'm actually feeding it to a billionaire's dream. Yes. Oh, I'm so not going to try to go to this party no more. I don't want to do that. What did you think it was? You brought to my Halloween next year. I had a Girl, whole fucking plan. that was already ruined. <laughs> you talking about a place where black people have been tortured and tormented, and you want to go in there and party over their dead souls. See, I wasn't even Because thinking. this rich white man told you to do it. I was not even fucking You wasn't thinking because the rich white man told you, so you just got excited. You just saw the glitz and glamours and the and white man and was happy. And was like, I'm a party too, girl. Everybody, they say everybody there. They oh. say everybody oh there. Gosh, like, so if everybody dance on your grandma's grave, you gonna do it too? No. Not even making me feel bad because I already had my outfit picked out of what I was gonna wear. You is that a piece fucking... of work. That was, I, now I feel guilty. I can't go to the La La Re Mansion in a fucking cute ass, like, fucking Halloween costume and fucking party with my Drake in my hand. Oh, I feel like a horrible ass person now. Like, you have brought I mean, me girl, so if, down. If somebody kills you and somebody starts dancing in the car you died on, how would you feel? Mm, I would fucking haunt their soul for like. Then. Okay, well, I'm not going to the party anymore. This is where people were, for generations, been sitting here being tortured, and you want to go party there. See, this is why you're supposed to have friends like Luda, because he will bring you... A celebrity you told you it killed his career, and you want to go party there. Uh, yeah. I'm, sometimes I'm not a good person, and this is why Buddha levels me out. I do. Yeah. I do. You care more about them horses than you did about beating, killed, on, abused slaves. No, I cared about that slaves, too. I feel, that's fucking horrible. You don't want to go dance with a horse that's that, though. You know what? I Okay. Okay, I understand how sometimes stuff comes across that... That's terrible. Mm. Buddha mm-hmm. sometimes is the good one out of the two of us. If you can see <laughs> Buddha's face right now. Ah! I'm the humanitarian girl. I love my people. Oh my gosh. We all we got. We need to stick together. Well, I'm so, you know, I'm so busy talking about what a horrible person I am. I forgot the end of the story, which is in 1851, Delphine's body was assumed. So I'm assuming that she did die in Paris or France because it says her body was assumed and it was taken back to New Orleans, but nobody knows exactly where her grave is. And I'm thinking that her family probably did that because, you know, if, if anybody knew where her grave was, her grave would probably just get vandalized. So nobody, she's buried somewhere in New Orleans, but nobody will ever know. Yeah, most Southern people, especially old southern families um they are real serious about their family name Mm -hmm. they're real proud about their family lineages yeah Uh, that's they are one of the 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 bad thing is is the southern family the old southern families are one of the reasons why commonly now happening now slavery is getting watered down Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've heard it but there's people that's trying to spread the propaganda on on the internet that slavery was volunteered i I see that and they're trying to say that slavery was um beneficial because it taught skills that's one thing they're trying Mm -hmm. to teach in florida right like it was like it was a trade agreement between you know the slave and the master and the slave chose to be a slave yeah you know so now and they're trying to sell that idea 
out out to people. Yeah, I have said if a school ever started teaching that, I'm pulling my child out of that school like immediately because that's that's what they're trying. That's what they're teaching in Florida right now. They're trying mm-hmm. to bring it to all the schools. They're trying to bring it the to the schools books. because that's what I'm saying. Those yeah. southern families. Mm-hmm. Who has so much history? Who has so much influence? Who have been in politics for yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Who have been, you know, uh, representatives, councilmen for years <coughs> of cities? Some, some of them is some of them in these cities for hundreds of years. Their their families, yeah. have been in these cities for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, you know, they're they're trying to change that page of history of their family lineage. Well, this is why I'm glad we have stuff like this podcast and stuff like that because it's only so much they can't really like erase it forever. This podcast is going to be here forever. So listen to this podcast, right? If anybody wants to know about slavery and how it really actually was and listen to like any other podcast, hopefully, well, they've been talking about taking all the history books out too. That's what's really scary. Yeah, girl. I mean, it's listen to this podcast. T- I'm going to say none of that. Um, yeah, no, not that, but I'm saying they can get the real from this podcast. Like, you can't erase this podcast. You can well, erase the history We can give books. you a fraction of the understanding yeah. of the things that we was taught mm-hmm. that was still actually when we was getting the truth of the literary of what happened then. Yeah. Um, because, especially with me being in the Midwest and the South, mm-hmm. they was giving it to us uncut raw because yeah. it was just the truth of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ha- I have, even since I was a kid, seen it progressively getting watered down yeah. on what actually happened in slavery times. Mm-hmm. Because it's, people don't want to basically cope with those demons yeah. of the things that happened in the family and happened and it happened to their family and the lineage and their, their great great grandfather grandfather may have done yeah you know and participated in it's really it's really scary and it's really sad and it actually brings tears to my eyes to even read some of the stuff that happened because I like I put myself in a lot of these situations and even you like you know we both have children so can we imagine someone coming and just selling our children from us and we don't see them again that just makes me feel just so it just makes me feel down. Just yeah. even thinking about that, you know? Yeah. Especially because we both have, like, older boys, so, like, they would have been sold off. Oh, man, my boy, my son's a big buck. He went for top dollar. Oh, my gosh. Boy, he, they didn't have him dragging wagons by his goddamn self. Yeah, and the things they would have did to my daughter, like, you know, but, you know, I would have been Hunger Games. Like, you can do whatever to me all you want to. Like, leave me alone. I would just throw myself instead of her. You, you always, take me, you don't always, take her. You always ask the master to give it to you, huh? Yeah, don't take me, don't take her. Like, you, anytime you want, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would be Hunger Games, because don't master touch her. Master and his friends can have you. Just don't, mm-hmm. they don't touch your daughter. It's just don't touch her. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously. after 13, you wouldn't know she'd be sold. Oh, my God. Like, I, this, why this is bringing me down right now? Because I'm just thinking about if we wasn't sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a friend, Donna, that always says, like, if we were in slavery time, her and me wouldn't be friends because they would have put me in the house. They would have put her outside and somehow we would have hated each other. And I probably would have been the one snitching on her. And I was like, no, like, because I think of myself now, I was like, I'm not no snitch. Like, I would never like snitch on anybody. I don't snitch. But she was thinking, she was like, in that mind frame, you're not that same kind of person. Well, then, and you would have known your daddy and your daddy would have been massive. Mm. Oh my god! Because you're light skinned, you don't get light skinned just because. Yeah, you get light skinned because you're mixed. Just oh. all remember that. So it's not yeah. just you, it's not just because they chose your skin tone. I'm like you the house negro now because your skin's so pretty. Yeah, you really because you was one of their descendants, mm-hmm. and they was trying to give you basically a nicety. Yeah, that's and putting you in less laborsome work. Yeah, and that's what they and that's what I was talking about before. And the mm-hmm. relativity of what's being nice yeah. is they felt they were being nice. Yeah, like hey. I am trying to be nice in some way to you, right. little nigga child, because of the fact that, you know, my husband had sex with your mama. Oh. 
but you can go back out there with your mama if you want to. That's just so sickening. Like the whole thing, like how we would have been treated, how all of our friends and families would have been treated back in those days. I don't think I would have made it. I think I would have just beat everybody's ass. I don't know. What would you have done if we were in those times? Let me tell you something, girl. You think... You think you would have. Just beat everyone's you fucking think, ass. You just think kill you me because I'm not. But have you ever been whipped with an extension cord? No. Actually, I can honestly say <laughs> no. I, the only thing I've been whipped with is belt and a comb. Like one of those little... Okay. No, never yeah. an extension cord. Yeah, if you ever get whipped with an extension cord. Did you get beat with an extension Yes, yes oh, I have. God. I had a stepfather <laughs> that put that fire. That oh. I mean, like, that makes you feel like the Lord himself just came down and touched oh, you. Oh, no, no, You no. hear what I'm saying? Did you have whip marks? Girl, whelp marks was, was oh. like, I was praying for just whelps. Damn, it's not like You know what I'm saying? Were... I was praying for whelps because it brings pain to a level that your mind can't comprehend until it actually happens. The first time it hits you, you don't even scream out the first time because it's so shocking amount of pain. Such shocking. Like, you'd be like, like your body goes into shock the Shit. first hit because it's that much pain. So yeah. that's, I'm, I'm saying that to say I haven't been hit with an actual whip. But I've been hit with an extension cord. I have. You've never been hit by girl, a whip before? Like, bro, we're not talking about, like, the little whip with the tassel. No, I'm not talking about but, you and your S&M plan no, trying to have some sex. No, because I've had the I've had the stick whips before, like, the little, you know what I mean? But that's all from the sex store. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no sex store whips. I mean, I had a friend that had a whip, and he was trying to learn how to be a whip, like, be, use the whip and shit like that, because he thought it was hella cool watching Indiana Jones and stuff. And I mean, like, I watched him split his own chin open. Who was he using the whip on? Nobody. He was using a whip. He was real, a real-life whip trying to be a whip master. Oh, what They're the all fuck? whip masters that do what? shit like that and do stunts Who with whips. Who the fuck still uses a whip right now if it's not sexual? Like, there's really actual whip there's masters? There's real whips. To, like, so, before they was ha- using them for sex, nature, but what are you they using? were used as a tool. Well, I know, but what are you using the whip for, though? Like, outside of slavery, which that's fucking horrible. But they use whips for, they, age, use, they use whips for a lot of stuff before slavery. But in, okay, but in this day and age, people are using whips. No, I mean that's, like, this is like, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 that's why he thought it was gonna be so cool. Oh my god! Is he was like you, you pull out a fight and you pull out a knife and he pull out a whip. And I mean, like on some what? real, he was gonna pull out a whip on. I people? mean, Indiana Jones does it to this damn day. Oh my god! Your friend <laughs> and let me Carol. tell you, I mean, and it's a, a lot of animation movies do that shit. There's a, there's a lady of the animation. They even do whip swords and stuff like that. <laughs> I think it's a demon demon slayer or something like that. A lady uses a whip. Like there's a lot of things that they use whips on and and making it seem like it's cool because let me tell you, a whip is very you've never like, obviously you've never seen a real whip. Not a, a whip real is one. a very intimidating, dangerously moving object, Damn. and it makes that crack, crack, crack. It makes that sound when it's moving the fuck around. So do you think that- so? I mean, and you can barely see what it feels because shit that thing is landing. Yeah. But so like, cause it's not like a gun license. So would I need a license to carry around That's a whip? That's the coolest part is no. So I can just carry you around. You can carry around a whip before you can carry around a knife. Okay. Well, shit. Well, that's horrible. I, the only reason I wouldn't do it is cause it brings back. Well, I don't want to say it brings back memories cause I wasn't in that time, but just what happens to ancestors. But if that wouldn't have ever happened. I mean, like, if, let me tell you something. If you with, act like you but, knew what you was doing, even to this day, pull out a whip on somebody and act like you know what you're doing. Everybody's backing the fuck up. I'm telling you. They're backing the fuck up. Oh, Because a God. whip is, is and number one, it's sending pain in the ways you can't understand. And it's moving faster than your eyes can see. Shit. So usually you cut before you even hear the crack. Yeah. You And you feel in this stinging fire. Isn't it? I mean, it literally feels like 
burning fire just got put directly on your body. Fuck. I so that's what I'm saying is you believe you're going to talk all that big bad shit. Yeah. You believe you're going to be all this extra. Let that whip hit your ass one time. And I swear on everything, you going to suck massive dick that night. Oh, fuck. And no, thank fuck. him for his cum. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Because, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> back to oh my god cause this is real you be a boy sucking that dick I don't give a damn I'm about a heterosexual with a wife at home I'm about to suck this dick don't put that on me no more oh, you gonna suck the dick when I when I remember says it you would just and suck thank it. him for it boy I would thank him I'd ask him you want some more tonight I ain't had nothing to eat like motherfucker I'm gonna get on there like I'm hungry you ready I'm ready. <laughs> I'm in the room waiting for his ass, putting on lip gloss. Oh. Like, motherfucker, get the hell on. Oh, my God. I be swallowing lubricant and shit, make sure my throat is nice and slippery. Oh. Because <laughs> like, you don't want to get the wet. Because if you ever, like I said, you ain't even felt an extension cord. I'm trying to no. tell you. Y'all think you'd be just snapping and going bad. And the fact that the law was on their side. Right, right. So either you getting the whip, either you getting the whip, or you getting an angry mob coming up and trying to basically rip your body from limb to limb and then hang you and drag you behind. Like right. there's some very cruel ass stuff that has been done to yeah. slaves yeah. that stood up to their owners. Yeah, there's been you know the little boy that was hung with by barbed wire and then drugged behind oh, a car. Oh, I heard about that. One. That was that, you know his head came off. I yeah, until his, his head popped off. Yeah, and oh, no one yeah. did nothing. The cops yeah. just drove past and gave him a thumbs up. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you yeah. don't understand. On the flip side too is there's no one that's gonna be your advocate. Yeah, there's no one that's gonna help you out. There's all you're gonna do is then get hunted down. Yeah, so you're gonna get either get whipped or you're gonna get hunted down. Yeah. And then they'll whip you. They're going to whip you, too. And they're going to torture you for days. And they're going to do it and laughing and do all this hillbilly stuff and piss on you. All type of stuff. Mm-hmm. For days. Yeah. Until your body just can't take it no more and you just die from exhaustion of pain. Oh, my God. This episode really brought me down. Yeah. It's this very, episode... like, it was a very one-sided thing. That's why I was like, so if uh-huh. you was in those times... You wouldn't be talking as much Billy Badass as you think you would. I think I'll probably, if I'm inside, I'm just going to spit in their food. Like, how many slaves do you think was really just spitting on all the food? Every food. All Every food, fucking all meal you get is going to get spit in. Man, all their food came out. That, why do you think they like string cheese and shit like that? They used to piece of looking hella stringy and, and gooey. And <laughs> they thought that's how food came. There was just so much spit on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you, this, 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 this cake is real moist. This cake ain't supposed to be moist. That's spit. <laughs> We refilled that water in there. <laughs> we, just, we just taught your ass. That's what Moist looked like. Yeah. Everybody stood around the goddamn table and spit on that shit before so, they gave that to them. So the original cake was dry? The cake used to come dry as hell. <laughs> it was mo- we, we made it moist. We put that better cracker moisture in there. She couldn't figure out what it was at first. They stood around. They stood around together like, come on in here. This is your anointing. <laughs> We got a spitting masses cake. Like <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> Every piece of food they had had spit in it. <laughs> I was spitting everything. I was spitting in the mac and cheese. I'm just spitting every fucking everything. Day. I don't give a drooling. Fuck. I just was sitting there with my mouth hung up. <laughs> just let that shit come out like a special person. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> 
It's just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> they think it was. They think that was chicken broth. Like that was all saliva. <laughs> oh my god! What if you start boiling they shit in saliva like they they having noodles like That's pasta? That's what I would. I'd be you boiling just, they shit in just straight spit. Yeah. Everybody comes in and spit in the pot, and yep. then the noodles just go in there for the spaghetti. And the noodles go in there. <laughs> like this tastes real earthy. Mmm. This is with the pasta today. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh my god. Well, next week we have a special guest coming on. I don't want to give it away. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, cuz I have to close this episode. I'm crying right now. I got to like Oh my gosh, I'm laughing so much I'm crying. <laughs> uh, I got to get myself together. But I don't want to announce who it is, but it's somebody very special that's All coming right. on. All right. Well, excited for this special person. Yes. So in the meantime, please follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Send us a Gmail, hotgarbagenews at gmail.com. Also follow our TikTok, Author Nisha. And take care. Watch your back out there.